Hello everyone, welcome back to Gateway Episodes. This is a podcast where we take a look at episodes of TV and decide if it's something that we want to get into and watch the entire show. Uh, This is Season 2. We are wrapping up here near the end of Season 2. This is the penultimate episode, and we have in Season 2 been talking about miniseries. I am your host, Derek McDuff, and joining me today is a special guest, a very good friend of mine, Mr. David Holloway. How's it going, David? Good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. You've been on here twice before? Yeah, in Season 1. Yeah, at yep. M-Skirt, uh, flashback where I do really bad Foley work imitating a closing or opening gate. Hmm. Clack, click, clack, click. Oh, hey. <laughs> it's me, oh. David. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I, we got, first, we had to do the blue, 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 because that's a flashback sound. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, today's episode, uh, we're gonna be talking about the 1998 miniseries, From the Earth to the Moon, uh, and it's an HBO miniseries, and the episode that I had, uh, introduced David to is episode six, uh, I'm gonna probably mispronounce this, Mar Tranquilitius, um, which is, of course, um, it's about the uh tranquility base on uh where apollo 11 landed because for anyone who's not aware um from earth to the moon tells the story of the apollo moon missions and this episode is kind of the the peak the middle point uh about the each episode is about a different uh mission in the apollo uh series or a different kind of aspect of the apollo missions and this is about the Moon landing, the first moon landing, Apollo 11, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. Um, so I introduced this to David. Um, David, what were your thoughts on on the show? Uh, I could have just done that as a PBS documentary. <laughs> it, it didn't help having that lead in of the Tom Hanks voiceover and then you know, walking in front of the big... Uh, stone mural well he gives a brief insight into the historical events i don't know i just um it it was just missing something to make it really engaging yeah yeah it definitely has you know that it it's it's a little bit dated for sure um and i think that one of the things i was kind of trying to examine in this season uh that i'm doing here is just the way that miniseries have kind of changed and adapted and you can see like for me i felt like this was something that i was really really into when i was a kid like i watched this every week with my parents and my brothers and stuff when it would come on hbo and i think you can really see the dna of what would become quote unquote prestige tv um because i think hbo uh was so monumental with really transforming the way that we watch tv and i think this was maybe the first step where you have you these guys like tom hanks and um you know it's produced by ron howard and brian glazer the guys who did apollo 13 and they got really into space stuff obviously and they wanted to do more and you start to see you know the next few years you get 
you know, another episode we talked about, we had a band of brothers. And then you have, of course, just beyond miniseries, you have The Sopranos, and you have, then, of course, that leads into Game of Thrones. And HBO really does become a driving force in this kind of landscape of prestige TV. Um, but this was maybe, yeah, a little bit early on. They hadn't really worked out all the kinks. Um, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on where this, this stands in the landscape of what TV would become? Uh an an awkward growth phase i guess by the way you're <laughs> describing it cuz it it doesn't you know you see uh you know that episode i watched it's not that there's bad acting um mm-hmm. you know what it suffers from is and maybe this is present in the other episodes but what it felt to me that it was suffering from was that it was leaning too much into the idea that these were like stoic american heroes and everybody around them was like yeah, let let me see them you know, cracking some jokes <laughs> or drinking some beers. Let me see their frailties, their flaws. Um, I, then it's to me, then it's more inspiring that they still set out and achieved what they achieved. And because you're doing that thing where you're working against history, right? In the sense that, well, you're just telling us what we could have read in a book or watching a PBS documentary, and unless there's more flavor to it. It it just I don't know it just uh it just felt flat to me too reserved. Everybody yeah, was t- it's, too on point with the same tone throughout. That that's an interesting point you bring up because I do feel like um you know they definitely have that very serious tone in this episode. Um, but one thing that I think is interesting about this show is that it does kind of bounce around in tone and almost genre from episode to episode. Obviously, it's all kind of a um, almost not quite document. It's obviously not a documentary, but it does kind of emulate that tone a little bit and that over seriousness. And especially except for maybe I would say Michael Collins, played by Carrie Elwes, who is a little bit looser in this episode. Everyone is very, very stoic and serious. But then the episode following this is almost like a slapstick comedy. I feel like it goes too much in the other direction where it's just like, ah, there's these goofy guys on Apollo 12 and like nobody remembers them. And they're just kind of like these, they're like, oh, they're super smart because they're NASA scientists, but they're also just kind of some goofball idiots. And yeah, every episode does kind of manage to capture something different. But yeah, I, you know, it's interesting you bring up the PBS documentary thing because it does feel like almost especially this episode and there's a couple other episodes that are are like this too where it is almost just like a ken burns documentary where it's just like well this is how it happened and we're just going to tell you all of the facts and and there's just going to be a lot of exposition and stuff like that um so yeah i definitely i definitely see what you're saying uh with all of that oh there there's a real missed opportunity i i started to get my interest peaked when they started playing through the the storyline of Buzz Aldrin kind of fretting about who gets to come out of the lander first, mm-hmm. but it's handled so quickly and they just, I would like to have seen more emotion around it. I felt like there was some real personal stakes for him. It just kind of whips through it. It's like, yeah, they had these conversations about it and then it didn't matter anymore. It's like, well, you know, let's, I don't know. I, to, you know, Hanks is well known for his reverence for history and mm-hmm. wanting to treat it as um, respectfully as possible. 
But when I was watching it, I kept thinking, like, you know what this show actually needed was the Showtime treatment. Or it's just a little bit crazier. Or, <laughs> you know, you, you, make a, you, you make them into characters as opposed to representations of real people. Because uh, mm-hmm. they, they felt a little, uh, you know, one-dimensional. I would have liked to have lingered more on maybe if that put more strain in Buzz Aldrin's marriage at, or life at home or his relationship with Neil Armstrong or any of the other crew. Uh, but it's not. It's just more like tight-lipped, nodding, and okay, I'm not happy about this, but life goes on. It's like, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> As a no, that's, viewer, that's that kind of sits, doesn't really do anything for me. Right. So then... So then would it be safe to say that you're not going to be stepping through the gateway on this one? Um, yeah, this was like a haunted house gateway thing where I kind of stepped in, looked around, and said, looks dead in there, and then turned around and just walked right back out. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, so that, that brings up another question for me is, have you ever seen the show For All Mankind? Uh, no, it's on my watch list. Okay, I think that that show you would really enjoy a lot because for anybody who's listening who isn't aware of the premise that's a it's a recent show i think they just ended their third season um a couple weeks ago or a month ago or so uh, and the premise of that show is that it is an alternate history where the soviet union lands on the moon and it's interesting especially having watched both um i watched from earth to the moon after this and that's an apple original so you can really see you know that where prestige tv is at now and one thing, too, I will say, just kind of on a tangent, is, like, the effects on this are definitely out, a little outdated. It was t- it looks great for 1998 TV, but, like, for like a, compared to the movies that were coming out then or compared to, like, the TV that would come out, you know, 10, 15 years later, it is just night and day. Um, but with For All Mankind, it, it does give you that space race, like, stuff where, and it's all obviously fiction, um, but it is, you know, kind of springs from historical events, and the further it gets away from real history as seasons go on, the more fantastical it gets. But it does have that character interaction, that character drama that you want to see, um, that you've been talking about, uh, that I think, David. Um, so are you, are you a fan, though, of, like, documentary series, like the the Ken Burns PBS stuff? I used to be. I'm not really in that space, you know. I've freely admit that I use um, media more as uh, escape now than learning anything. Uh, you know, I do all my my history and educational stuff, which I do listen to a lot of nonfiction, uh, but that's all on podcasts. You know, something mm. to keep my brain active while I do other things. I can't just sit down and just learn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. And, you know, it kind of... some other, Something else that I was going to maybe bring up was that this does feel like it not only kind of was a big part of what would become with, you know, prestige TV, the awkward growth years of it, but also it feels like kind of it, it helped this wellspring of docuseries that we have, these historical things. And obviously, you know, we'd had documentary series from before this. You have your, your Ken Birds and stuff like that. But this is, you know, a fictionalized version of true events or a recreation i guess you could call it of true events and you see so much of that now especially with like true crime where it's like okay here's the here's the documentary on it and here's 
the uh, the actual like recreation of it, and then they make a podcast about you know this this true thing that happened, and then they do a TV adaptation of that podcast, and there's there's also you know the the show on on it that with you know where they get Amanda Seyfried or whoever to play it. So I think that yeah, really this is to me I I do like it. I did rewatch it. It is definitely a bit slow, especially over. Because it is twelve episodes, so I think it is the longest thing that I'm covering um, for season two, um, and that was kind of part of the reason I wanted to do uh, miniseries is because they are shorter. Um, but yeah, it, it is definitely a little bit of a slog there. Well, I think what um, does it well, and obviously you can't call it a docu series because it takes a lot of liberties. Um, but it gives you an insight into an actual historical event or period uh, that I absolutely loved was the Good Lord Bird. Okay, I haven't, Have I haven't seen, seen that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I see, uh, you know, it stars Ethan Hawke. It's about um, John Brown. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, they just the characterization, the your way into it, you know, how you handle a very serious topic, but still give a lot of life and humanity around it. Um, I I absolutely loved that series, that miniseries. Um, it, and you know, I, it what, strike, what kind of struck me as a strange note to the episode is thinking like, okay, Ron Howard, Tom Hanks, Apollo 13 team, they were going to bring some real humor or you know, a real soft touch to it. They know how to heighten tension. It just it just felt flat throughout the whole thing. I thought it was missing. And, you know, it's, uh, you point out, Carrie Ells was in it. Yeah, he's more loose, but even his character, he's playing a very reserved, they're all reserved. Mm-hmm. And you don't really get to see them. I mean, I can't recall. Do we curse on this? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you I mean, told all kind. Yeah, you say okay. whatever you got to say. I, I say a bunch of horrible things all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know these are human beings. I want to see them fighting, fucking, you know, f- and failing the the three Fs. Yeah, you know it's it's they're human beings, and they just it, it almost feels even more like it, I guess it doesn't even really deal with the weight of the history that they're in properly from their own perspective because they talk about it as their characters they talk about how momentous it is what they're doing but they the the strain isn't carried through because it's like a baseline level that they're existing with and they don't they in this episode at least they don't show you the peaks and valleys of that they don't show you how they blow off steam they don't show they don't really show you how it can peak um you know when they're going through their their simulator with the lunar module and they, you know, and they're piloting the little camera and it's the mock-up of the moon and they just jam the camera right up through the paper mache moon. Everybody's reaction is just like, well, darn. (laughs) And it's like, but you know, inside that what there's, you know, that they're, what they're supposed to be feeling is like, Oh, if we do that in real life, we're dead. Mm. If we jam the lunar module straight into the moon, we're, we're dead. But when they played out that simulator scene, no way was like, God damn it! 
and like pounding a wall or anything. Like you need that to really engage. I, I'm still a viewer. I'm still sitting down in front of a TV. You got to give me something. You got to hook me. And I just wasn't ever. I, I found myself drifting. And, and I love space. I love. I do love historical treatments of the space race. Um, I just this just didn't didn't hit for me. Yeah, and maybe that's you know an inherent drawback for the format of this podcast is that I do just kind of throw you in with an episode, whereas it might be more effective if you watch the first five episodes and you see them trying to get to this point and all the failures that they experience, especially in, I think, the first two episodes. You know, you have, obviously, um, they're all, they're all the astro- a lot of astronauts who die. You have the Apollo 1 astronauts who die, and it does the weight of that is pretty heavy if you watch those episodes and yeah if you're just kind of jumping in here um you know you might lose that um but that's something that i also think did you ever see first man uh no the ryan gosling picture yeah yeah because it, it handles you know the same obviously subject matter it's uh you know the biopic of neil armstrong and it does co- hit a lot of the same beats that this episode hits um and some of the previous episodes and it does really hammer home that like oh yeah, like Neil is going up here and he might die and he is still this stoic reserved character but it does give him a lot more dimension. I think Gosling does a really good job with the role. Um, Damien Chazelle's um, direction I think is incredible in that movie. It's a really underrated film. I'll probably cover it on my other podcast at some point. But I I would really recommend you check that one out. I think you you might really enjoy that based on kind of what you've been saying here. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, you know, to, to touch back on the acting, because we just talked about, you know, Gosling, and I think that, um, you know, maybe the and the guy who plays Neil Armstrong is just, he's not necessarily, he's fine, but he's not Brian Cranston, and he's not Carrie Elwes. And I think those guys, for me, really helped the episode. And I think that Cranston does such a good job of maybe there's not a lot there, but working with what he's got so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I can see that. And it's also like, I guess I feel like I've been so inundated with, um, uh, uh, Brian Cranston over the last 20 years. <laughs> he was a Malcolm in the middle fan, uh, breaking bad. Just, you know, the, whenever he throws his hand up, like when he's in the kitchen talking about, you know, whether or not he's going to be the first man on the moon. He leans back on the counter and does and waves his hand in the air. And I was like, uh, he could be complaining about Malcolm right now, or he could be, <laughs> he could be trying to, to tell, tell his, tell his wife that he actually is going to chemo <laughs> and not selling <laughs> drugs. Yeah. I just did a breaking bad rewatch. So like that, it's funny. Cause you mentioned that hand motion. Cause I had the exact same thought. I was like, Oh wow. That's just like, something that Walter White would do like very different character, obviously, but that kind of physicality in that, that moment I thought was, was definitely very, very similar. Mm -hmm. And um, then just one more thing I wanted to touch back on, on something that I think has, is maybe not the best for this episode, but works for kind of the series overall is since first man did come out and you do see these moments in that movie handled so so well um for anyone who has seen both of them or you know knowing that this kind of exists on a much bigger better scale like that 
that I, it was almost 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 kind of laughing when the lunar module exploded and he they kind of just do that little fireball and you see him just kind of like he's obviously like drops from like two feet up and after seeing that like on the big screen with all these huge special effects and like Gosling giving this amazing performance like it doesn't really uh, compare and something that they intentionally did with a lot of other episodes in this series is when they do the Apollo 13 it's all people on the ground it's all just kind of these interviews and stuff like that. They leave out a lot of the stuff with the Gemini stuff because of the right stuff. So they do intentionally try to tell these Apollo stories that you haven't seen in anything else. So they are trying to be like, okay, th- this is almost like, like there's this really interesting uh, video essay by Patrick Willems where he talks about how the uh, NASA space program was almost like all the movies about the NASA stuff was like the original cinematic universe. And this is just kind of like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of that where it's just like the stuff that was going on behind the scenes the stuff that wasn't yeah so i mean would you would you agree with that kind of i i mean now that you're saying it like it definitely feels like that because that's what i kept thinking of is like i just like apollo 13 (laughs) why are these the same people like um yeah it just you know and and i'm more than forgiving uh when it comes to effects or anything because it's just storytelling Mm -hmm. but there's but it just never tips over into meaning anything. It just feels more like, you know, I know it's a docu-series, but I mean this in a bad sense, that it's just documenting these events. hmm Which, you want, you want more. You want more. Um, yeah, it just, ah, it just, it, it's tough. Because you want, I want to like it, um... But I, I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't, as a viewer of television, I find this. I find the events obviously fascinating, and I went through my own space race period where you know I was trying to learn things about it and educate myself. But this just fell fell flat, and, and maybe it is because it focuses more on the program, and so the people are just kind of this revolving door of of characters. Um that you can't really focus. I mean, is there anybody that's a through line from episode one through 12, that there's just one person you can follow through and, and kind of uh, hook yourself onto as a viewer. There are a few recurring characters, And it it is kind of interesting. That was something I was going to maybe talk about is that each episode does kind of, since they're all on different crews, focus on different people. And you will see it's something that kind of was a, it was a positive for me at least is that while like everybody like people who would be the main characters in this episode would be background characters like you see you know they're at i can't remember whose house it is but you know you see rita wilson playing one of the wives and she's a main character in another episode and you see deke slayton in this he's got one scene and he's kind of a big through line like he is since he's the director he's in almost every episode um the one big through line is i think he's he's a character they invented for this but they have the newscaster who in who um kind of talks to them he is he's kind of the main character yeah yeah did not work for me no those interviews i kept thinking like why use a fake new cat newscaster of all you're trying to do this all right they had interviews uh, because those those interview that interview scene Mm -hmm. just was boring (laughs) (laughs) that that guy uh i i mean there's just i don't know i it's like doing a cronkite impression you know, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. It didn't carry through. It's just sort of like, 
He's just an exposition machine. He's like, well, here are the stakes, right? For our viewers, mm-hmm. these are the stakes they're going to face. It's like, well, I already know that they survived, though. So, <laughs> you know, you use this time for something else. Explore the people. Or explore the program more. I don't know. It yeah. just, uh, those, that interview scene just didn't work for me. Okay. Yeah, because he, he's the one guy who they invented for the show, and he's in almost every episode, just kind of to, the, to kind of be the connective tissue, I think a lot of it to be the kind of one constant through line. And I think they just kind of invented him to be just kind of like the exposition and how do we, you know, have a common thing in every episode, except for, of course, Tom Hanks, who does come out in the beginning of every episode and just gives this little, well, here's the thing you might not know about yeah. Apollo 8, you know. Uh, so he he kind of does that, except for one episode randomly, just as a cold open without him. And I thought that was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it it definitely is. The, the I do. It, there are some drawbacks to it, but I do like that. Okay, this this person who we've seen in the background, it's almost like like Wong in the Marvel movies or something, where it's like, okay, we are in the same world here. There's this guy I recognize from this other thing, and he's here. So I I do kind of like that, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe it would play differently, you know, if I watched the whole thing. But uh, in one episode, I felt like it was wasted opportunity to be exploring something else. Yeah, and I do think it's funny that you bring up he's kind of doing a Cronkite impression. And I think maybe showing actual Cronkite in this might have, like, t- like taken something away from that. Like, okay, here's the real guy, you know. Yeah, they cut to him briefly during one of the um, the mm-hmm. news montages of, you know, everybody watching the launch. Yeah. Yeah, and because it, it, it does strike this middle ground of I brought up, you know, First Man, but there's also that documentary that came out around the same time of Apollo 11, where it's just like footage that people shot while the moon landing was happening and, you know, news footage and stuff like that. And it's it's those are the two extremes, you know, this this kind of dramatization where you have the story of this stoic, epic man and his like real life. And I think they do, you know invent a lot of stuff with neil's backstory like things with going on with him trying to deal with the death of his daughter who what actually happened but like all the internal life that he the stuff that in his internal life and then you have the just straight up facts of the documentary and this really does kind of combine them in a way that that worked for me at the time um and this is the one of the series that i covered that i i didn't really remember that well that i went back to and it was interesting mm-hmm. to revisit, but it, it doesn't really hold up with some of the other, especially more modern miniseries that I've talked about, like Midnight Mass and and Queen's Gambit and stuff like that. Yeah, which are all great. I like mm-hmm. I like both of those. Yeah. So on that subject, um, unless you had anything to say uh, more about um, uh, from from the Earth to the Moon, do you have any thoughts on just miniseries in general, or maybe some of your favorite ones? Um, I I really did like Queen's Gambit, Midnight Mass, Good Lord Bird. Um, trying to think off off the top of my head if I what I've seen recently. Forgive me, I'm about to enter my favorite search engine. It just as jog my memory, Go a for little it. little brain dead. All right. Well, my favorite search engine failed me because it's just listing 
every TV show ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I did the same thing recently. I, I was looking up good docu series, and it was just like, it's like the Rings of Power. I was like, that's not what that is. Okay. Yeah, that's that's missing a little bit what we're going for. Um, yeah, I'm actually watching Under the Banner of Heaven re- uh, currently, okay. which came out earlier this year, and I'm really enjoying it. Um. For yeah, anybody I'm, who doesn't know what what is uh, under the banner of heaven, uh, is based on a John Krakauer book uh, about a murder in a small Utah community, uh, which is like the community is very heavy into the uh, fundamental sect of the Latter Day Saints. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very insular. It's a a. Uh, uh, a community that doesn't like outsiders. So the idea of um, this ha- this crime happening in their community is, you know, it's an interesting, and it, and it's based on a real real event as well. So nice, uh, nice. Andrew Garfield's in it, Sam Worthington. Um, yeah, it's it's good so far. I'm only a couple episodes in. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, and then you, yeah, that's one thing too. You, you nowadays get these movie stars in these roles that you wouldn't normally see in, especially back in the day, you wouldn't get, you know, Andrew Garfield doing a TV show. Maybe Sam Worthington, he would be like the star of, of a miniseries or something, but right. they have really come quite a long way, I think. Yeah, because of what you said, they are prestige television. You don't really lose a lot of. Uh, I guess face <laughs> as mm-hmm. as a celebrity who does a really great um, miniseries. You know, uh, another one on my list that I want to watch is uh, We Own This City. It's got John mm-hmm. Bernthal and stuff. It's about also based on a real real story uh, about a Baltimore Police Department and their corruption. Um, I like I like my mini series like that because mm-hmm. I mean the stakes. There are those talk about stories that um, that you actually probably won't know. Like we all know Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, or, or at least most of us, or at least all those fools that believe that was real. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of a police scandal in Baltimore or a, a murder that happened in some Utah community. Like, I don't know those kind of things. Those aren't world history altering events uh but they do matter and the stakes are very human so they're naturally engaging and when they're handled right um you know they really hit yeah no i think you have a really really good point with that and it's something uh that just reminds me of 2020 everybody was talking about the last dance which is obviously it's a great docuseries it's a really good show um but when i was making my top um, kind of like list of top things of the year. I had a different sports documentary. It was made on a YouTube channel by this guy John Boyce of SB Nation, and it was the history of the Seattle Mariners. And it was just kind of like the story of these kind of lovable losers and just all these things you would have never heard. Or like there was this really great. He did did another one this year. Uh, it was about this guy Dave Steeb, and I would so and I'm, it's so much more interesting to find out like these weird tales of this 
this great pitcher from the 80s that has kind of been forgotten so much more than like Michael Jordan. Like everybody knows Michael Jordan. Everybody knows, like especially people our age know what the Bulls were doing in the 90s. We don't really right. need to know that. And but then these stories that are able to take these true events that are so weird and interesting and kind of give them the proper treatment, I think are really phenomenal, phenomenal a lot of the time. Yeah, and, and it really, that's what is, you know, a miniseries is kind of ideal for that format of, this was a very specific period of time, these are people you don't know, and this is something that you can relate to, but probably never touched even the periphery of your awareness while it was happening. And um, and I think they're also better because you get to play more with with the characters, and especially if you're doing a historical one like that. I really the Good Lord Bird is really really good, and um, you know they they there's a lot more freedom to play with historical characters that we don't really know a lot about, and um. You can do that without necessarily harming anybody who's actually still alive. Um, you know, that could be done. It could be done in a way that leaves a bad taste in your mouth and you could critique it in the way it's approached, but it doesn't have any like specific harm. Like if you did a miniseries about, you know, people who are who actually experienced the event and they're still around and wondering mm-hmm. why you're writing stories about them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I that's just what was missing from this one. I I. And it sounds like it's almost treated like a uh, episodic anthology, like the way you're saying, like, I guess it just yeah. follows the path yeah. line of the historical Apollo uh, program. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the, the framework of it. But yeah, um, you know, if, if you're, I mean, that's, that's the peak, right? Like we already have a great movie mm-hmm. about Apollo 13. We already know Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Like it's for me, it should just focus maybe on on leading up to the Apollo Eleven mission and giving that like more of a an arc. Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched the rest. I probably won't. Mm-hmm. Just the way the way things go. Um, yeah, not just, not stepping through the gateway. No, it didn't didn't work for me. But yeah, I, uh, that's I almost gave you. There's a, the episode. I think it's the one right before this. It's it's called Spider, and it's basically the biopic of them and this one it's kind of different than a lot of the other episodes because it's it's a basically the story of them making the lunar lander and it kind of culminates with the test lunar lander that went up with apollo 10 and i almost chose that as a gateway episode because it is a lot of the things that we're talking about where it is it's it stretches it's a longer story it starts with the beginning of it it goes to the end and you do kind of get that full weight and gravity of a lot of the things and it is kind of a more niche thing but i was like mm-hmm. i gotta go with the apollo 11 landing that's that's iconic and that's kind of the you know the the zenith of the series here and it's it's one of the i feel like you know such an this is 12 episodes and it's i was like six they land on the moon this has got to be this is the midpoint this has got to be but maybe i maybe i should have gone with spider uh the episode five but yeah you messed up man i I, goofed. Up. I done goofed um but yeah man uh before we wrap up here, any final thoughts on on uh, on the show or on uh, the the miniseries in general? Uh, I think I think it was bad because we never landed on the moon, and Tom <laughs> Hanks couldn't figure out a way to to lie about it. Yeah, I mean Stanley Kubrick lied about it for forty years, you know, until he died. So come on, before he was on. murdered. 
Oh, right, he, was, it was, right. he was about to break break the story wide open. I mean, Tom Cruise got him, you know, after they did Eyes Wide Shut and Scientology mm-hmm. got him. So, you know, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, David, thank you again for being on. Um, is there anything you want to tell the listeners? Uh, I love you. Be be okay. <laughs> Stay safe. Uh, and, and don't don't find me. Don't look for me. Yeah, it's it's nice to have just like a normal person on and not not want to like you know <laughs> just somebody from my my actual life who I can talk to about this stuff and not you know. I mean, I love having you know my podcast friends on here and talking with them, but it is a nice change of pace to talk to talk to my good friend David about some TV shows and movies and whatnot. So thank you again for being on. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm looking forward and to the then, next one. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Next next season, uh, I've already got some plans for for what I'm going to do for the next season of this show. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but aside from that, um, I will say that yeah, this is the second last episode. So next week. Uh, is going to be the last episode, which is going to be me and Alan uh, talking about Chernobyl, so another historical one, so that one should be fun. Um, and then also, I've got some other podcasts that I do. Um, the big one is Underrated, uh, which is uh, just coming up on our 100th episode. Uh, that's part of the reason why we're doing season two here, leading up wow. to... Yeah, leading up to yes. our episode 100. Thank you, thank you. So that should be the next, if I'm correct, the next uh, episode of Underrated that's going to release is going to be um, out on December 26th. Um, so, and that will be on Stardust, which was kind of the one of the big reasons we even did the show is because we were I was watching that movie. I'll tell that whole story on the podcast. I told it before, um, but really looking forward to that. Um, I'm I'm really honestly really excited that we to get to this milestone um so that's that's been really fun um and then also we do uh infinity stones and dragon bones is my marvel podcast where we talk about you know different mcu stuff so by now i think the black panther episode should be out uh, so go ahead and listen to that um check out my friend ariel's podcast um you've never seen uh which i'm on a lot um it's where we take a look at uh, TV or take a look at movies uh, that one of us should have seen by now, um, and we kind of dive into that. And then, uh, and then I'm also on uh, Can I Say Something? Check out that podcast too. So I'm doing a lot of podcast stuff. <laughs> I'm recording like four today, and this is number one. So, um, but yeah, it, it's it's been a blast once again. Um, and I'll see you guys all next time. I'll see you later, dude. Bye. Bye.